This week on the podcast, we are looking at how history has set your brain up to fail when it comes to you having a well, healthy, energized, balanced, awesome body, relationship with food, and well-being. That is what we're diving into. So let's get started. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Welcome to this podcast. This week we are diving into something really juicy and I really think that your awareness of this, awareness of history and your mindset and the psychology and some of the things that you maybe aren't consciously aware of in the day-to-day will really help you to have A, more compassion towards your body and your health, which will then B, help you to make more progress and see results with more speed and ease. So often, people that I work with beat themselves up and take their current situation, their current symptoms, health diagnosis, the current area of struggle that they find themselves in, and they just blame it on a personal failing, their lack of discipline, their lack of self-control, their sugar addiction, their... Instead, it can be really helpful sometimes to become aware of the context of your body and life and health choices. And that's what we're looking at today because you will see the most and biggest and most easy to sustain results when it comes to your health when it comes from a place of compassion. If you try to bully and criticize and push your way into balanced hormones and a better body composition and improved gut health and no more IBS and um, a better improved mood and all these things, if you just try and push that, you might see results for a short period of time, but you're not going to see that effortlessly healthy lifestyle that, that you probably want. So that is what we're diving into today. But yay, I am recording this on Halloween, which is fun. And it's going to be a bit of a Halloween or Samhain themed um, podcast just with some of the history that I'm sharing. But I hope you are doing well. And um, I have just had a weekend away. I actually just ended up really spontaneously near the retreat house where um, the shift retreat is happening in March 2023, which is really fun. So we did that. And otherwise, um, my husband was away. So I had all the kids. So to be honest, I'm not going to lie. I'm loving that I'm recording this in my office and I'm alone right now. It is delightful. But we are heading into the end of the year, which is a bit insane. So a couple of things I need to let you know about. Um, I've been loving, I was going to say, I've been loving my client work just now, but that then made me think, when do I not? So this may be (laughs) a pointless thing to say, but it just seems like every week when I'm chatting to people, there is just like breakthroughs happening. And I know when you're on the outside of this, you just think that somebody goes from A to B in like a bang and that transformation is this, is all down to them being gluten-free, all down to this one thing that you're secretly missing. You're just looking for this one thing. Whereas actually the reason why I create my, most of my client work as being over several months long is because actually the, the big transformation of going from this to this, of um, I had IBS and lots of pain and terrible balanced hormones and now I've moved to this and this is no longer a problem. Those awesome snippets that I might share on Instagram are really great, but they actually happen 
in the week to week, month to month, little tweaking, compounding changes and stacking them on top of each other. That's really where the magic lies. And that's also how you can create these changes without like being totally on it and really, really busy getting healthy, which is not something I want for you. Like you will see the quickest, easiest results when your body is able to get into that parasympathetic nervous state more regularly, when your nervous system, when your relationship with food gets way less drama-fueled, when you're able to calm down, when you're able to sleep well, and when you're able to eat in a way that really serves you. So anyway, I've been loving doing some client work. Um, I do have, I was just checking my sp- my spreadsheet that keeps me right. I do have spaces as of recording this, which is Halloween, for I think a maximum of two new clients before the end of the year. Then in 2023, I am going to be increasing my prices. I'll give you an exact date and lead up so you'll you'll know when that's happening. But just so you know, that is happening. So if you were thinking about working with me, you're wondering, you're not sure, you're umming and ahhing, you don't know if it's the right fit book your call with me, keziahall.com forward slash book and let me know. Uh, and Sorry, not let me know, book in and then we'll chat. These calls are really chilled. Like this isn't like very a formal process, nor am I going to be like, now, before we can talk, give me your credit card details. This is genuinely, this podcast is brilliant. It helps thousands of people every month and I'm, it's my honor to do that. But these calls actually help it to make it more personalized, which is what I harp on about all the time. You need, in order to see big results in a short amount of time, you need that personalized support. You need to know exactly what are your root causes and your problems and your root things going on. So that's what these calls are for. And I offer two a week. So if you haven't made use of it and you may be wondering about what you actually need to do, what are your root causes, what test results, what tests you maybe need to run, what could we go on, book your call. I'd love to chat with you. There's no pressure to ever sign up and work with me because of it. I would genuinely just love to help you. It would be great. And to give you some clarity of like, oh yeah, this, this is the thing I'm focused on now for the next three months. Okay, cool, Kezia, I'm good to go. That'd be awesome. So that's keziahall.com forward slash book, keziahall.com forward slash book. Also, ooh, as this goes live, my next masterclass should also be live, which is going to be called Microbiome Magic. I am so excited about this. I kind of got this like downloaded into my brain the other day, and it really is. I'm going to be sharing with you in this masterclass, really teaching you, helping you create an action plan, and giving you some of the essential foundational um, information that you need to know to transform your gut microbiome so that you can stop being bloated, ditch the IBS and create balanced hormones, sex hormones here. Often we think about the microbiome, the gut microbiome, we think of like bloating, which yep, this totally applies that, but this also is crucial if you want healthy hormones, whether you're perimenopausal, whether you're cycling, whether you're in the menopause, this having a healthy gut microbiome plays a much bigger role than you would realize. That's what we're going to dive into in the workshop. So you'll leave in this masterclass. So you'll leave, it's going to be about 90 minutes long. You will also have access to recording for about two months following. There's going to be a bunch of other resources. This is going to be really like practical, tangible, take action workshop. So you can find out more about that at keziahall.com forward slash magic. So that's keziahall.com forward slash magic because it's called microbiome magic. The reason I'm playing with that word is because if you can create a really healthy gut microbiome, it is actually magic because a healthy microbiome supports your 
gut and your digestive issues and your bloating. It supports your body composition, your sleep, your mental health, your immune system, your resiliency, your energy, your skin health, your like that is kind of magic. You supporting one thing can have this wide effect kind of feels magic. It's like, so I want to share with you the science essentially of that magic and what out of all the things, probiotics, prebiotics, fiber, should I have this? What about this drink? What about a liquid probiotic? What about this? What like, what, what and how do you actually create an incredibly healthy gut microbiome so that all of your, your body can benefit, your body composition, your sleep quality, your, your weight, your mental health, your immune system, your resiliency, all of this stuff. So this is going to be a really incredible workshop. I would love for you to come. All the details are at keziahall.com forward slash magic. And it's happening super soon in November. So get signed up. It's a really low cost. You'll get access to recording if you can't make it live, but it's going to be awesome. So that's exciting. Um, I would love for you to come to Microbiome Magic. It's going to be magic. <laughs> there we go. But also like super practical, <laughs> like this is actually the science of the magic in terms of debunking a couple of myths that like, oh, this is gut friendly. Like actually just you having a really clear action plan of how to get and take your gut microbiome to the next level so that your hormones are balanced, that you're no longer bloated, you don't have IBS, your bowels are healthy and normal. And then a knock-on effect is also all the other things I mentioned. So I've hopped on enough about that. Join me in microbiome magic. I'd love to see you there. Also keep your eyes on this podcast feed because there's some exciting additional things coming your way. I'll just leave it as wonderfully vague as that. Otherwise, let's get on with the show. So we are talking a bit about history today, which is it's a, it's a new thing here. But the goal of this episode is that you become a bit more aware of some of the, I'm going to call it the soup that your brain and body has been living and swimming in for your lifetime and many previous generations before you. And why that's important in terms of how it can impact your DNA and your DNA expression and the choices that you might actually be making now. So I really want to give a bit more insight and awareness of this collective, the collective soup that you are in. Because most of the time, people are struggling with their health, struggling with food, struggling to make changes, and they just blame themselves and make it their own personal failing. That's why I've not given up sugar. That's why I've not been able to do this. It's just because I have no self-control and I'm just never going to be well. This isn't for me. I'm never going to be one of those people that feels good or has energy or has normal periods or isn't bloated. This just isn't for me. It's because I don't can't get organized enough or I don't have enough time or I I just can't do it. Like these are all the things that people say to me on a regular basis. And I think it can be really helpful to zoom out of your um, personal life and look at the, what's the collective dynamic or culture or ecosystem that your brain, your DNA, your cells have been living and swimming in. Because we know from research, if you go into, we want to look and do some more Googling around, um, epigenetics and looking at that, we know that your cells are really impacted by your environment. That's a really simple way of saying it. Or in terms of genetic information, what how things get passed down is really impacted by the environment that that DNA, that ecosystem, that soup that that DNA has been living in. And so 
but it's really important to, if you want to make change now is you need to look back and see where, how, what has brought you here, what has led you to this point, especially as we're moving into looking at our health and our bodies and our cells and our brains and our guts with more of this um, ecosystem paradigm shift. We previously, and I think this is a bigger shift that's happening in terms of the future, our healthcare and our approach to our bodies has been very box oriented. You have dermatology box, mental health box, you have gastroenterology box, 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 was what we're moving towards as a wider collective. I really think is this more that, oh, I am an ecosystem. I am one system with lots of parts playing a role. I am one body with lots of things going on. I am not a set of boxes. Actually, I need to look at my body and my well-being and my health and my autoimmune diagnosis and my IBS. I need to look at that with a different lens, with this more ecosystem lens. And it can be really helpful if you're thinking about that, of how did this ecosystem get here? What has contributed to that? And that is why we're looking at a little bit of history. So with it being, I'm recording this in and around Halloween. So I thought this would be a really good time just to go back, go back in history and think about when we, there was all of the witch trials that went on here in the UK. So um, summary put is for, it went on for a long, long time. And the guesses around how many people were killed, how many women mainly were killed is still, um, still guesses because it was a while ago and it wasn't very well documented. But it's in the millions of um, mainly women being tortured and then murdered for being, quote unquote, a witch. That basically you could get murdered and killed and tortured um, based on someone just being like, I think Kezia's a witch. So because I maybe gave you a funny look or something, or I gave your husband a funny look and you got jealous. And then I would be tortured and murdered. And if I died, I wasn't a witch. If I didn't die, I was a witch and was going to die. So that's a very potted history, but it's a very clear example. And I know the word witch can be triggering for people. It's either scary or you think it's demonic or that actually isn't the point of, of this. It's really being like, okay, there was like a mass genocide that took place in our country that was aimed primarily at women. And it went on for a long time and it impacted a lot of people and it was um, orchestrated and it was a very intentional thing that went on. If we didn't fall in line to the powers that be, then we would be tortured and murdered. It's That is kind of our history. Now, it's a long time ago, but that can be a really, it's a helpful, very obvious, probably quite extreme example, but it can be really helpful to be like, okay, so yes, that happened a really long time ago, but actually, if we think about some of the really obvious um, injustices of that, they are actually still threads in a different way, obviously, but they're still the same threads that come and play a role in our lives today. So, um, and it's really weird with the witch trials. Like, I mean, this is maybe all 
dependent on how you brought up but I grew up in a um, in a Christian home so the word witch and witches were very feared you thought they were very demonic and evil so I grew up fearing the word witch fearing this idea of a witch because you might just be possessed by the devil and that would be awful and it would just be really terrible also books witches have like warts and are bad and ugly and all of these kinds of things so there was a lot of fear even it's really interesting even when I look at it um is the fear of of, of witches growing up was of these wit- witches doing air quotes, whatever you believe around that is up to you. These women that were murdered, fear about them was very much cultivated in my own life and maybe in yours. Like witches were scary, they weren't very good, they were ugly, they were not kind, they were like in storybooks, they weren't helpful, like they were scary things to be feared. That was clearly taught, not... I was taught to fear the witches, not the people who orchestrated and perpetuated the genocide of a bunch of women. Isn't that weird? <laughs> just, just putting it out there. That's very weird. That the even, even many hundreds of years later, me growing up, I'm still, what I learn about witches is to be scared of them. I don't really learn much about the accountability and the injustices and what was put in place that allowed the people in power that were men at the time to orchestrate and murder and torture hundreds and hundreds of thousands of women and some men and some children and because they were because they were women, really, at the end of the day, and they were maybe herbalists. Like if, if I had been alive back in that day, I definitely would have been killed because I, you know, you might come to me with a sore tummy and I'll make you some ginger tea. Oh, gasp, forbid. I am now an evil <laughs> demonic witch. Like, yes, we all might have our own personal beliefs about whether we believe in good and evil and these kind of things. It's, and that, that's actually not what I'm talking about here. It's the, it's, the, it's, a, it's the obvious thing where you're like, yes, I grew up thinking witches were evil and bad and to be scared of them or just generally you might your upbringing might not have been the same as mine probably wasn't but it's just like oh yeah they're a bit scary and they're weird as opposed to like uh we had like this massive thing that went on and ha- let's look at that why don't we fear the people that killed just went around it went on for a while just tons and tons and tons of women so I know you're like, what well, yeah, was that was a really long time ago, <laughs> which I totally get. And, but it can be really helpful if we think about that thread. This is a really clear example. And it's kind of fun to talk about witches because it's near Halloween, but it's really clear if you use such a stark example of that, how you can see these threads can have come through time and teach us very specific things. So throughout history, women and people in women's bodies have been taught that you're disposable. Like, just think about the witch trials. Like, they're totally disposable. You could just get killed, off, off, off. You just be murdered, tortured, whatever. You've had your kidnaps, gone. We think you're a witch, gone. By whoever the powers that be are in charge, which are generally, historically, have mainly been male in the more recent history. So that this idea that you're just disposable. The second idea that's really communicated through this bit of history is that your body is under someone else's control and they can do whatever they like to it with it at whatever point so your body isn't yours essentially it's somebody somebody else's can control and decide and dictate 
what happens. Also this idea that you're here to comply and to support and to serve other powerful people. Again, in this history example, often men, a lot of history, it's often men. So it's the idea you're disposable, that your body is under someone else's control and that you're here to comply, serve and support other powerful people in your life, often men. But you're not here to be the powerful person. You're here to help the powerful people, to support, to comply, to prop that up, to serve that. Um, and there's lots more threads that come through. But these are the ones I really see playing out in terms of people's health. Because we are our history. So if your body is totally disposable, why would you look after it? Why would you really respect it with the food you eat? Why would you invest in it? If your body isn't really under your control, if it's not really yours, if you've had so much trauma to your body that you just essentially are not even connected or in relationship with it because it just feels like it's failed you time and time and time again and has been against you time and time again, time again, why, again, would you respect and honor and cultivate incredible holistic health? Because your body isn't really yours anyway. It also really teaches you to not be responsible. It's not yours. It's not your, it's someone else's job to fix it. It's someone else's job to sort it. You, your body is someone else's responsibility when the, the, the joy is actually that your body is yours. And if it's yours, it's your responsibility. If it's yours, it's your gift. If it's yours, it's yours to influence and have um, control over. But if we have had history again and again and examples again and again, and even examples in your own life where your body hasn't been yours and other people have decided what to do with it or had control or have a say in it, then it's really easy to not take responsibility for it. Uh, the next thing is if you're here to comply and serve and support other people, then how you feel, how your bodies are, your symptoms, your bloating, your low energy, your anxiety, your terrible periods, your embarrassing skin issues, your awful bowel movements, your really unstable mood, all of those things don't matter because you're, it doesn't matter how you are. You're here to support and serve other people. You're here to help other people. How you are and how you feel doesn't really matter and so can you see how you're like right I mean Kezia witch trials I wasn't expecting you to go there but how these threads can actually be showing up in your day-to-day -day life because this isn't just some like massive personal failing that you have that means I just can't stop drinking coffee like it can be because you think your body isn't really yours you've not taken responsibility for it. You think that how you feel doesn't matter. Your belly doesn't matter. Your gut microbiome doesn't matter. Your periods don't matter. Your mental health doesn't really matter because you're just here to help your kids. You're just here to help your boss at work. You're just here to help your partner. You're around to support and comply and serve other people. It's not that supporting and serving to other people is a bad thing. It's brilliant. I spend a lot of my time supporting and serving other people. But if, it, if that's, if that's, that should always be a choice, not just this assumption made about you. And this can happen so easily just in relationships where you have one person that's like, oh, I'm just going to support you with your dreams. And it can start off with a really great intention. But often if it comes at the cost of your own well-being and your own health, and remember, I'm always talking about health in the fullest holistic sense in terms of your periods and your skin and your mental health and your immune system and your bloating and your sleep and your um, your relationship with your body and your relationship with food, it, we have been taught that that the cost, that cost, we've been taught, sorry, that that cost is okay. 
that the cost of us, our health, our well-being, our body, that that is okay. Like it's okay for you to pay the cost, you to pay the price, as long as someone else, your kids, your partner, your work, someone else, your parents, someone else gets the benefit. It's okay for you to pay the cost of it. And I'm just here to be like, hmm, this is really interesting that, that potentially these things are not actually anything to do with your personal feelings, they're actually to do with this like collective soup that we live in. And the reason I share this with you is that so that you can have some A, awareness. Awareness is so powerful. Just thinking about this and being like, oh, maybe that's why the idea of going and paying to go swimming. Let's just go for a really small example. Like I can't afford to go to the pool to go swimming, even though it brings you so much joy, you don't do it. Why? Because you don't think that your body matters. You haven't taken responsibility for your body. You're primarily here to, you know, it might infringe on your partner's golfing time or picking up the kids. And obviously your job is to support and serve and everybody else. So God forbid that you go for a swim. You know, it's, it's very innocuous, but you can see how this can like be little threads throughout lots of different decisions. Or it might be like, I really want to go, I really want to work with you, Kezia, but I just feel like terrified about spending money because it's an investment to work with me because it should be, because it's your body. It's you. Of course, it's going to be an investment. Of course, it's not going to be the same price as a naked bar. Like it's because it's you. But there can be, you might be like, oh, where do you want it? But I just feel sick, the idea of spending the money and I'm not sure how, and then taking the time out and then, oh, I should, you know, that can be actually not necessarily about you. It can be this soup, this history that you've been living in where you've not had ever, you know, it's only recent decades that we've actually had financial um, independence as females. And so having a bank account is a big deal. Earning money is a big deal. Having a job, like all of that is like, new to to our bodies. So of course your nervous system is probably going to freak the heck out at the idea of doing some of this stuff. So awareness is key because when you become aware of this, you can just actually start to have some compassion for yourself. Hear that? Compassion. Because you will see the most results with most ease and speed when it comes from a place of deep self-respect of responsibility, taking a radical responsibility for your life at this point. It doesn't require perfection, but it does cra- It does require you owning your body and your life and stepping into that. It requires it, it, having that compassion really leads to you making big changes and big results and seeing big transformations because it's not coming from forcing and pushing and criticism and punishing and bullying and um oh I just need Kezi to fix this or I just need my GP to fix this I'm not going to be responsible for this at all I just need some new medication like you know somebody might like oh a classic example struggling to sleep go to the doctors get some sleep medication but actually they drink five cups of coffee a day take some responsibility stop drinking coffee you probably don't need the medication but sometimes people don't want to do that you know, and I'm not saying all sleep medication is wrong. You know my thoughts on this. It can be great. I'm just using that as a really obvious example that most people will be like, oh yes, if I can't sleep, maybe I should stop drinking five cups of coffee. But sometimes that's a really, but some people don't, you know, because they don't want to take responsibility for their lives because if their body and their life isn't theirs, if there's that detachment and disconnect, why bother? So, and in other practical examples, you know, it, if we think about like 
sugar, for example, and dealing with your um, relationship with sugar, a lot of the reasons, the mindset, the psychology behind what makes that hard, because not eating sugar, once you've done it, once you know what to eat, isn't that hard. It's quite a simple boom, 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 done. You just need to know what to eat instead, plan out your meals, done, sorted. Really simple. What makes that hard is the resistance, it's the psychology, it's the mindset. And the, all of those beliefs often are threaded into some of our collective history. You know, we're terrified often to take up space, to invest in our bodies, to tend to our health. Even just this last week, I've been chatting to people about the shift retreat and some of the bonuses and we had a deadline. I had lots of conversations with people where they were like, felt really stressed and scared about making the decision of whether they should come to the shift retreat or not. And there's no, there was no terrible consequence of this it was either yes, come, yay, or don't come. Okay, that's totally fine. Like no pressure here. But their bodies were really scared because it was about investing in themselves, taking up space, making time, communicating it with partners, which felt scary. It can feel really, really scary. So it can be really helpful. Also, how many women have you seen in your life with a healthy relationship with food, with a healthy body, who prioritize their own well-being and own healthy boundaries? We actually haven't probably seen that many. And that's not your fault. And it's not the woman's fault. It's not, it's actually just because it's been really hard. We're actually, I really think on a bigger collective scale now, we're moving from this surviving, like just being married to be to survive, just trying to get through the kids. We're really learning now as a wider collective, how, and as women, how do we stop surviving and move into thriving and healing and well-being and taking up space and being light and not just burning out? How do we keep that energy, that health, that well-being as this steady, glowing light? And that doesn't mean everything's perfect. And that doesn't mean the seasons of different things, but how do we keep that going? I really feel like that is the shift we're moving into. So that is different and that is gonna feel really scary to do. It's going to feel a little bit terrifying because the world hasn't seen what it looks like for tens and tens and hundreds and hundreds of well women, women who have healthy hormones and know how to eat to serve their unique body and has a healthy relationship with their body with not a lot of drama, not a lot of food drama, not a lot of like, and you must be skinny obsession, but actually can cultivate true health and wellness. The world hasn't seen that, but I really think it needs it. It really needs it. And this mindset, this understanding the context can really give you a break in terms of punishing yourself and being harsh to yourself. So awareness really is the first part of this. It really is being aware of even how your DNA has developed. If we think about several generations of even just my DNA, my DNA has gone, has is the end result now of several generations of it being, let's just say, hosted by several different people in several different generations. And DNA will be impacted, how it gets expressed is impacted by what's gone on in their life and the toxins, the exposure, the abuse, the trauma they've been. So I am the summary of that in terms of my own DNA expression. It's gotten passed down. And I think it's getting poorer and poorer quality as time goes on, which makes sense for why you are probably struggling and why so many people are struggling with their health right now. So what is the next step? I think for first of all, awareness, even just listening to this podcast, because I know this is maybe a bit different and you might just be like, what? Kezia, what? You mentioned the word witch and you mentioned the word history. Weird. 
which I get. It's not my usual, let's talk about poop, baby. Let's talk about poop and we. Like, it's not my usual that. So first of all, you got made it here, which is awesome. So just awareness, like, oh yeah, you're right. Like women didn't have bank accounts until like the eighties. Women couldn't own a house for a while. Like rape and marriage wasn't illegal until recent, like there is some, and it's not, this doesn't mean you need to go like raging about it, but just being aware of that context can really help you to be kinder to yourself and know why potentially, why is my body against me? This could be why. These bigger this bigger soup that your cells have been living in. So what do you do about that? Number one, awareness. Number two, the next step would really be, here's a couple of questions. What right now would feel like a radical, scary step when it comes to you and your body? This is just imaginary. So just imagine this doesn't mean, I'm not gonna say, now go do it. No, no, no. This is just imagining. Just ask your body, ask your brain, okay, what would feel like a really scary, radical thing for me to do for my well-being right now? It might be like um, buying organic broccoli, going and seeing a therapist, signing up to work with you, Kezia, um, ending my relationship, getting counseling in my relationship, getting more childcare, like it could be whatever, getting a doggy sitter, like whatever. Really think about what would feel really scary and radical, just, and this is just imagining, but what feels in your body like, ooh, Oh, I'd love to, but ah, that feels mm, not good. That feels frightening. Just let that come up. And it's, again, it's totally hypothetical. So that's the first thing. What, What would that be? Then just put your logical brain on and think, why does that feel scary? Why does asking for more childcare feel like terrifying, scary, anxiety inducing? Like I shouldn't, like it's bad or guilty. Just ask why, why? does going to therapy make me feel like a failure? Why does it, like, just ask why? That's the, that would be just to become aware, just to become aware of what is maybe a narrative that's going because you won't make change in your habits, let's say around food and sugar and all these things, if you don't make changes to the beliefs driving them. And you get the beliefs from the environment that you've been in, your home environment, but also this wider cultural media um, that you live in. So if you, you could work really hard at trying to stop this habit with sugar, actually the easiest thing to do is to go back and look at what are the beliefs I have about this and about my body and about my life. Because then when you shift those, the habits, the practical stuff becomes way easier. That's why even in my own life now, I can make practical changes very swiftly and easily. Like the other week, oh, coffee's not doing me good. Okay, let's do a week of prep. Then I'm just cut coffee out for two weeks, reset, see how I feel. Like, done. Because is the beliefs I have about my body, the beliefs I have about my health, support, make those kind of practical action steps much easier. So question, what right now would feel like a radical scary step when it comes to your body? Ask your body this, your brain this, and just go with whatever, the first thing that comes to mind. First thing. Again, it's all totally hypothetical. And then really look at why does that feel so scary? Is it a money thing? Is it a feeling guilty thing? Is it a time thing? Why does that feel so scary? Then other things that can be really helpful is some of the podcasts I've done recently around the nervous system and supporting your nervous system. Also come and work with me. Really 
really, if you want to take radical responsibility for your health, you need to know about it, learn about it, have some accountability. And that's what my one-to-one program really is for. I know it can feel scary or pointless or excessive, but it isn't. Your well-being is really revolutionary. I say it again, you being well in the really unique and holistic way that being well doesn't mean being perfect. It doesn't mean being on no medication with no diagnoses, where everything's just fine, wonderful. No, it means you being as well as you can be within your unique parameters and within your unique circumstances. You being well is revolutionary. It's really revolutionary. It's what you need. It's what we need. It's what the people around you need. But there will be so much resistance for you going along that path because you've been told we've been in this cultural soup. We have a history that subtly, very subtly, just reinforces that we're disposable, that our bodies isn't really ours to decide and control and have ownership of, and that our job is really to support other people, not to be powerful ourselves. We support the powerful people. We aren't the powerful people. And going against that in your brain is like terrifying, but you can do it. You can do it. That's the one of the biggest hurdles. The biggest things is just deciding, yes, I'm going to take ownership for my body. I'm going to buy organic broccoli, or I'm going to sign up for therapy. I'm going to sign up and work with Kezia, or I'm going to talk to my partner about his sleep habits because they keep waking me up. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever it is, okay? Sending you lots of love. Thank you for being here, and I will see you next week for another episode of the Gut Goddess Show. Thank you for listening. I'm so glad that you are here. Please make sure you leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. That would mean so much and mean this podcast gets to be in front of even more people's ears. And if you want to join me in the shift retreat and create that shift in your hormones and in your belly and in your energy and in your relationship with food and your body, the shift that you've been craving for a long time but unable to do on your own, come and join us in the shift retreat. The bonuses will end at the end of October. There's six month payment plans available and I would love to be with you in person. It's in North Berwick, so based in Scotland, March 2023, and I would love to see you there. Head to keziahall.com forward slash shift. keziahall.com forward slash shift.